Welcome to OKC Span. Do, 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 do. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it would be great if I had that. Uh, we should work out a we should work out a duet of that song. <laughs> I don't know how your singing voice is. I do know you're a big fan of uh, both Billy Joel and Jimmy Buffet. Jimmy Buffet. Let's let's pronounce it correctly and may he rest in peace. May he rest in pieces. That wasn't very nice. I'm sorry. I know that you really like Jimmy Buffett. I should be making fun of that. I'm sorry. Okay, keep going. Everyone, hello. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hey, here. everyone. Welcome to Oklahoma. Oklahoma. I don't know why I do that. It's like I haven't been saying OKC Span for years now. But uh, welcome to OKC Span, everyone. Uh, my guest host today is, again, uh, the guest hostess with the guest mostess. Uh, Lindsay Face Smith. Lindsay. <laughs> Lindsay Face Smith. <laughs> What's your phone number? <laughs> um, don't say your phone number. I won't let you leave, live that down. No. Uh, fair enough. Uh, yeah, but Lindsay's here again today with us, and we are again talking on the phone because uh, – uh, these I days feel like come... that's where we like get the most, like, you know, where we have the most banter. Like, well, it's definitely where that's... we get the most bang for our buck. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's for how much we talk we... about death the most. That's true. We do talk about death quite a bit, don't we? We do. We do. Yeah. I was just thinking about there was something death. kind of on the same. Well, yeah, definitely about death, but. It was kind of along the same lines as like, do, like, are the clothes you'll be wearing when you die already in your closet? It's kind of along those lines, mm-hmm. but I don't remember what it was. Now it was. Uh, Treat us know. with that whenever you remember. Oh, and, I will. And if not, leave it in your final will. So Joe Beth hmm. will read it to me when it's Yeah, dies. so it'll have to be read out. But that's actually. Did you know that's what my will is? Like my last yeah. will and testament is like I don't have shit to give to anybody <laughs> except for death. No, really? Uh, yeah, all I have is debt, but it's just gonna be like everybody's gonna have to get together. It it'll be like a big it's one of my long cons. Uh everybody <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to slowly but surely leak all of these hints that suggest that I am sitting on a vast fortune. And I will invite <laughs> Joe Beth, my immediate family. A couple of friends, one person I don't know very Lily well, and, and like I'm gonna say, former Governor Frank Keating. I'm gonna invite all of these people to the reading of my will, and okay. it will just be a long story about of Calabunga. Like, oh, I don't know, like the fire chief from Holmville, Oklahoma, when I was a small child, or something like that, you know. And yeah, maybe like a little description. It'll be, oh, that's good, Lindley. That's good. Ten-page description of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, (laughs) ending ending with Cowabunga Dudes. (laughs) Later. (laughs) Later. (laughs) (laughs) See you never. (laughs) Smell you later, suckers. (laughs) What's going on? uh, Dying. Um, no, nothing's going on uh, in the city of Oklahoma. Uh, nothing, nothing new. 
Not we killed, we they... killed someone. Did we kill somebody? We killed somebody, yes. We do that a lot. Uh-huh. Uh, but, did, we, did we really have an execution? Somehow that slipped past me? Uh, at least since the last time we talked. It was last week, I believe. Yes. Oh, no shit. I was out of town, and I was not paying attention. Oh, yeah, that's why y'all are gone. I would have thought I saw that coming, but uh, I kind of feel bad. You know what, though? That that really says a lot to me. It's really hard for us to pay attention to everything. Oh, they are just relentless. The bad guys are just relentless. I think it's part of their strategy. I know. This dude was in his 40s. He's very young. I think he might be, like, a touch older than you. Like, it's, it's really tragic to me, at least. Yeah, it is tragic. I don't or something. Know. I, we he are had super... been 27 years, I think. He was on death row. Mm. We're getting dark. Sorry. Well, no. I mean, that's, life is dark. This is, the, this is the world that we're inheriting. It's the world that we're building. Uh, we are all co-creating this space, and, and we have to ask ourselves every day how we're going to co-create a space that does not include additional suffering, that doesn't include encouraging the state to murder our neighbors. You know, uh, we have to co-create a world where we don't live in such fear that we think everybody we don't know is a threat to our existence, and we need to cage them. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, I don't know. That's what I think. <laughs> That's what I think. Maybe, maybe oh. I'm wrong. But I you mean, know what? Go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say, like, I always tell people, like, I'm a, an abolitionist unless I see a guy in sandals or someone who, <laughs> like, our mayor who doesn't know how to hem his pants. His pants are unhemmed. It was weird. Right? He, uh, yeah, that picture, anyway. I don't want to talk any more about that picture except to say that his pants seemed unhemmed and that was a major <laughs> we, sticking point for my foot. You have enough for money. Sure. But yes, I, I will die on that hill. Yeah. Yeah, I think that if you're making six figures, your pants should be hemmed and you should probably be buying hemmed pants for lots of other people too. Exactly. Listen, Spread the mayor well. doesn't the the mayor doesn't tell me what to do with my fifteen hundred dollars a month. I should not tell him what to do with his I don't know so many. The, <laughs> the many thousands of dollars that he makes. So you know what he but could do with than, a lot of that other money? Other than killing people. What else is going on, Marty? Well, um I'm at a city council meeting this week. Did you know that? You know, honestly, mm-hmm. I didn't. <laughs> Is that right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I was yeah you've been, you've been I was going like, I'm not sure week. if this is a if it's a council, and then I realized it was next month, and there'd already been one. So I'm the worst. But I'm honest. You've been not well. <laughs> Lots of people. You know who was honest and killed millions of Jews? Lindley Hitler. <laughs> Fuck off. No, I'm just um, <laughs> um, so <laughs> anyway, <laughs> your hair is really blonde, by the way. I've noticed that. I'm not saying there's a connection. I'm not saying correlation is causation. I'm just pointing out you're so white that you have a Billy Joel tattoo, Lindley. Like, <laughs> I know. Isn't it the, <laughs> the worst thing in the whole world? 
What was Actually, your first? I don't think that I don't think the folks at home know that because it wasn't recorded when we first recorded this. Well, we'll leave a little mystery for them. <laughs> no, there's no mystery left. Lindley has a Lindley has a Billy Joel tattoo. I mean, there's no there's no mystery. For the now. record, it's from a deep cut, which is yeah, I go down to Easter extreme. Alexa. No, it's not from Easter. <laughs> It's from I Go to Extremes, and it says, clear as a crystal, sharp as a knife, and it's the most, it's the second most embarrassing tattoo I have. Marty, what's your most embarrassing tattoo? I don't have any embarrassing tattoos. You know, I do kind of say that to people a lot, where I'm like, if you're going to get something, like, literally ingrained onto your body, you don't have any right to be embarrassed about it later. That's a good point. Yeah, I mean, I made the decision I gotta own it now. I definitely don't have money to get anything removed. I guess if I had an embarrassing tattoo, it would be my first tattoo, which is on mm. the inside of my left arm. And it oh, is that's Greek. the classic place. Well, it's a good looking tattoo. I'm now stand behind it. And I actually still like the tattoo, like what it means to me, but it is a quote from the Bible. Um, the, <laughs> oh the Christian Bible. The Christian Bible. You can't laugh at me like you got fucking Billy Joel tattooed on your body. You cannot laugh at me having no, a sacred text, an second, ancient my sacred text. Tattoo. What's that? It's your second. One. My, it's oh. my second worst tattoo. My first one is a lightning bolt on my forearm that I have had no reason to get. No idea why I got it. And people ask me, and I just say it's People are like, is that Harry Potter? And I say, no, it's for David Bowie. <laughs> just throw out different things that involve a lightning bolt. It's actually an Elvis tattoo. Do you <laughs> exactly. know that Elvis? Did you know that Elvis had a what? Like his his logo for the final years of his life was a lightning bolt. Well, there's an, that's another thing to add to my <laughs> repertoire. Yeah, his why lightning I have bolt. A lightning bolt tattoo. His lightning bolt had the letters T, C, and B inside of it. Oh, then I won't, mm-hmm. I won't be able to land that one. Well, you could try. Here's why. Here's why it said that. This is true. It, it was taking care of business in a flash. That's what Elvis was all about. Oh, my God. I'm not kidding. Uh, uh, that's yeah. really it's amazing. Yeah, it's no, it's that's Elvis, amazing. Elvis got to a point where he's like, I'll do, I'll do anything I want to, but my brain is still from Tupelo, Mississippi. So what I want to do is have me a big old plane. Well, I want to paint on the tail of it, lightning bolt. It says TCB, take care of business of flesh, like that. <laughs> Closest to doing an Elvis imitation I've ever come was when I that was really terrible. Well, I didn't really try. <laughs> uh, don't tell me that. Well, you do it. You do it, Lindley. You're doing. You're no, throwing out a whole lot of. As, no fucking not. Like <laughs> not. <laughs> you just you're throwing out a lot of critiques without like offering to do better. That's what I'm noticing. Right. That's true. That's I probably had, why I have so many tattoos. Mm, that's a really good point. Sad it's though. like, I'll do better next time. Here, do this tattoo on me. Let's see mm-hmm. if it works. If this goes no, no, better no. than lightning bolt. <laughs> I do have Poor a Billy tattoo Joel. on my... I think my ugliest tattoo says, literally says any dumb tattoo on my, my shoulder. 
And that how is because my... Have? How many tattoos do I have? Yes. Mm-hmm. Like seven? Yeah, I have eight. I have like eight. Yeah, I think I have eight. Once you start, can't stop. Yeah, I know. Once you go tattoo, you can't go back in. like they say I saw it on TV they say it all the time so Lindley I don't know about this Uh, you probably this has probably escaped your attention but the mayor of Oklahoma City really wants us the city residents uh, to pay for Streets and sanitation. Mm. I agree with him. I agree with him. That's what we should should spend money on that. He wants us to spend a billion dollars on affordable housing. That's a great idea. I agree with you, Mayor Holt. Let's spend a billion dollars on affordable housing. That did miss, yeah. Or, you know, would they throw in period products along with it? Mhm, mhm. The penny of every dollar of that billion says one billion pennies that will go oh. to period products. That's a lot of period it's products. Only. Quick, how many dollars is a billion pennies? Uh, well, I'm, I don't do math. I don't do numbers. <laughs> my friend Chuck majored in math. <laughs> Chuck is a musician. One of my favorite musicians. Uh, uh, <laughs> and in college, people would ask, "What's what's your major?" Because it's you know, it's a rock musician. What's your major? Math. Math. What are you gonna? What do you want to do with a math degree? And he's the same a rock thing star. With a, with a political to, science degree. I just want to be a rock star. That's all. I just want to play music out yeah. there. But we would like if we all went to dinner. There was a group of us went to dinner or something. The check would come, and they'd somebody would say, "Here, Chuck," and he'd say, "No, I'm majoring in math, not arithmetic." <laughs> that's an important distinction to make. Mm. Oh, Chuck saw him last weekend in Kansas City. Anyway, so know what the Hi, mayor Chuck. actually wants us. Hi, Chuck. He's why would he listen? Um, he's not even my friend, really. Just kidding. <laughs> he's one of my old friends, but I can't imagine him listening to his podcast. He, doesn't live in Oklahoma City. Anyway, the mayor wants us to build an arena for the Thunder. I know. It's all that I've talked about for the last month. That's it. Have you talked about anything else with me? Um, uh, aside from how I want people to vote no for the Thunder the, or for the arena, then no. What if they voted no for the Thunder, though? I assume now. I assume, unlike me or honestly well, anybody what, what that I've talked, what, what, what people want us to think is that a vote no would be a vote no for the thunder. So really, you know, I just that don't. That kind of lands. It's none of it makes any sense, and I and I get it. Like, there's not. <sighs> there's just not reason involved. Like, I uh, otherwise reasonable. Even I would say progressive to leftist people that I know are like just repeating Chamber of Commerce talking points about this. And it, it, it's frustrating. But it's also, oh, like, uh, like the line about like, you know, this town shrivels up basically without the thunder and you don't know, but before the thunder, there was nothing here. None of that's true, uh, by the way. 
uh, we did have stuff before the thunder, and if the thunder leaves, we'll have stuff after. I don't want the thunder to leave. And honestly, I'll be super honest. I don't, there's no deal that you could bring me that I would be enthusiastic about, except for the thunder are going to pay for this themselves. So only, and even then, I, I don't know that I would care that much, but I wouldn't be like against it necessarily. But uh, I'm, like, I wouldn't be in favor, of, I'm not in favor of using much needed public money for entertainment right now, but not when we have so many other pressing things. Uh, but if they came to us with a deal that was 50-50, I probably wouldn't be talking about it. You know what I mean? Yeah, we would. We, yeah, we would not care. Well, we care, but I care, uh, but it just wouldn't be something that I'd be like, or I'd be like, well, I mean, we're gonna have them. Everybody wants them, so fine, that's fine. I wish we could use that kind of money. We could do a matching deal where it's a a two penny sales tax, and every penny that goes to that, we take a penny toward uh, actual things that we need. So um, my um, my dad, who lives in Florida. That's Florida. Um, and he splits his time between Key West and Hungary. Sent me a text this morning <laughs> that said, what the fuck's going on with the arena? <laughs> You're like, here's my friend Marty's number. Yeah, I'm like, you, you want some good scoop? I got a guy. <laughs> yeah, and so also, let, yeah, talk a little also, bit about my, that because, yeah. Well, I was going to add to it that um, – my mom just moved into what is considered Oklahoma City. That's well, not Oklahoma City proper, but they're in, she's in the city limits. And she quickly registered to vote with her new address so she could vote no on this. Mm. Yeah. <sighs> Good job. Good job on your mom. Yeah. Good job, Lindley's mom. I'm kind of surprised I don't know your mom's name. It seems like the kind of person I would Kim. never meet. But Kim. Kim. Not Pam. Nope. What's the C? And my dad's name's Matt. With one T. With one T. We talked about this, yes. Um, But yeah, Matt from in Florida thinks this is ridiculous. And and I think it's worth pointing out that Matt is not saying this in a vacuum of being a a far away being in a far away land, but having a kid who lives around here. Matt actually used to be, uh, I'm not going to dox too much about Matt, but Matt was uh, crucial to MAPS 1 and to what yep. we see as the structure, the place that is Bricktown. Matt was integral to that existing. So, like, this isn't a yeah. guy who's just speaking out of nowhere. I mean, this guy knows about Oklahoma City specifically, but also about the MAPS taxation structure and sort of uh, uh, what what is feasible and what costs are like for uh, from a from an engineering standpoint. I mean, this guy knows what he's talking about. He's not just, man, I don't like it. Yeah. You know. I grew up in a house that our um, floors were um, bricks from Bricktown. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Because he didn't want to see them just go to the trash, so why not just put them in your floor? Like, yeah, um, my dad was pretty integral in a lot of the um, things that were before I cared. <laughs> yeah. Well, some of it was before you were born. <laughs> I, that's very true. 
I think. I'm not sure when the first maps passed, but before I ever paid attention to anything. Uh, around 90. I don't know. So right around the time. Speaking of, is, your, is it your birthday yeah. today? Tomorrow. Tomorrow's, tomorrow's my birthday. Tomorrow. Whenever you um, publish this, it will be my birthday. It will come out tonight, but uh, but it will prepare also, everybody. Also, more importantly, sober anniversary for me for all of all of my drugs of choice. So it's tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, right. like, I forgot that they, they coincide your birthday and your uh and your my uh, actual birthday. Your rebirth yeah. your rebirth day. Oh my god. Uh, in the eyes of it? in the eyes of Christ. Oh fuck off. <laughs> but no, that's good. Uh how uh you don't have to yeah, actually, let's let's skip the arena talk because everybody knows exactly what the fuck I think about that, and we can get into that <laughs> at the end if we want. Doesn't matter, but like, let's talk about that a little bit because so something we both have in common uh, is yes. uh, history, and not just including some uh, some substance dependency uh, and abuse, but also just generally like some some mental, mental illness yeah. throughout our throughout our lives um yeah so your your date for sobriety is tomorrow do you mind telling us how many years that is i don't mind um it's, it was september 29th of 2018 so um, that'll be five years yeah um and yours my dear friend well so this is something <laughs> well it, certain presuppositions have to be accepted before I would say sobriety date about anything. Um, well, I, I haven't had a drink of alcohol since April, but I haven't used heroin in 16 years. You know what I'm saying? Like We get to choose our, like, what we celebrate, I think. Yeah, and I don't even know that I celebrate, actually. This year, my, my anniversary kind of came and went. And it was like the week after, two weeks after that, I was like, oh, shit. Oh, yeah. And, and in my head, it's it's always 11 years. And I was like, shit, not <laughs> 16 damn years. And, and I'll tell you this, I think that's long enough. I don't know if I know that's how you want to die. Um, you told me that already. <laughs> Better a bear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, but I think that there's something about the sobriety community that because I, and I assume you are not part of any program that like mm-hmm. celebrates birthdays and those kinds of things that like, it almost feels for me like kind of weird to like celebrate it. It's like, Oh yeah, I'm going to celebrate five years. I wasn't doing destructive behavior for my body. Right. But yeah, I don't. So yeah, that's complicated, right? Like, I think we both kind of come from very similar perspectives on this because it's like, well, I wasn't a fucking, I wasn't, I wasn't a like a lesser human being when I was using. I was just doing something that yeah. you didn't like and that wasn't particularly healthy for me. I hate that language of like, it's not, it's not enough to say sober, which is already a little bit judgmental about people who use, but but to sure say not, clean. Yeah clean and sober that clean part really bothers me it's Ooh, like yeah it's like no 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 that's not a dirty like castaway person because they use they use something to transcend the misery of life why would you hold that against anybody 
Like, all, all that anybody, anybody wants in this life is transcendent. It's why religion exists. And so some of us choose to put a foreign substance in our body, and it helps us transcend for a little bit. I'm going to tonight. Matter of fact, and I just did. Us. I just drank a Coca-Cola. Oh, I love a Coca-Cola classic. Um, and also it helps us to not have to acknowledge underlying mental health things that we have. Absolutely. Absolutely Which, right. by the way, literally everyone has that. Some yes. just more than others. Yes. And, you know, I... Who's to say what's normal? I, you know, uh, not to be like all, and not to be that guy, you know, like, in, like rainbow and sunshine, moon, whatever. But what is normal? I, like, you know, I don't know. It's like I, I remember a pastor saying, like, saying, well, you know, nobody expects you to always skip that, uh, that ice cream shake as a dessert. And it's like, you would not say that right now about nobody saying don't have that third beer. No one's mm-hmm. saying don't smoke that joint by yourself. You can only have it if you're sharing. The preacher wouldn't say that, right? But, like, no, for some reason, ah, this thing's okay. This thing's okay. And don't, you know, I don't think either one's wrong. Don't get me, like, twisted here. I'm not saying that. Uh, people shouldn't have shakes or whatever. I don't care what the big ways. We're I, shake positive. Yeah, we are a shake positive podcast here. Um, <laughs> but like, no, just the idea that like uh, our sins, our sins, though they are great, are good. They're actually great. Uh, whereas the sins of the hoi polloi, those are condemnable, uh, you know. Uh, and I think all, almost all conversation around drug use and mental health um, has condescension and uh, paternalism involved. And I, it's kind of just part of the course, right? I think that also, like, I'm diagnosed bipolar disorder, um, and I instead of taking the prescribed medicine by medical professionals, I coped with it with other things that are not regulated by the medical professionals. And <laughs> right. So I I think that we all have a underlying sort of okay, our baseline is should be all the same. But some of us it's off. And we use different substances or various coping mechanisms to try to make it normal. Yeah. Um, and I think that, you know, that's part of why there's drug abuse, sex abuse, all those different things that um, are why other people don't have the same baseline is what is considered normal. I, Yeah. I mean that's yeah I think I think you're exactly right. Uh, uh, but hang on, everyone, I'm not a medical professional. Like, please, <laughs> don't take my name as anything like that. Like, I'm not. Well, I'm not. No, I'm not a clinician either. But I can still diagnose. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a joke. I can't self-diagnose. Um, uh, I had a client who would always ask me questions about process questions about court. This was uh, this was when I was doing homeless services, not when I was working in in the law. I had a client who would always ask me, yeah, questions about process or help, you know, ask me for help filling out certain legal documents or whatever, and was always happy to help with that. And I was a notary, so I could notarize the shit if he needed whatever. But he came to my office once with some documents and was showing them to me and telling me about them. And he goes, "What do you? Uh, he said, where should I take these? I was like, man, I don't know. And he goes, so, well, as my legal advisor, and I was like, no, 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 no. Oh, no, I'm not your, not your legal advisor. And he goes, well, yeah, you are. And I was like, no, I can't. I'm like, I literally am not. I cannot be. I don't, I've, all I've done is help you. I can't tell you what, I can't give you advice. But uh, I, it actually, like, legit made me nervous. I was like, this is the kind of shit you lose your job after, uh, over, you know, mm-hmm. like, uh, pretending to go to jail for pretending to be an attorney. Michael Washington I, did. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He did. <laughs> I think maybe twice. But Should we tell once. the folks back at home like about that? Um, about Michael but, Washington? Yeah. That's who he is. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I um, encountered that a lot in my profession with period OKC where people would come up to me and ask me questions about their like menstrual cycle and I have to always use a disclaimer I'm not a med- medical professional I'm I will refer you to the best in the state who care about this too but I do not know the best way for you to cope with whatever they're presenting in front of me no I like why would I I, I don't know I yeah Anyway, so how do you, Marty, how do you best cope with your, um, anything that encounter you encounter with mental health? Okay. So that's a, that's a good question because it's like, it's complicated, right? I mean, there's like a mm-hmm. whole, there's a whole spectrum of things, right? So I think something that's important for people to, when people consider mental health, I think something important to kind of, for the novice, perhaps, uh, because I think this is just the water that I've been swimming in for a long time. So I kind of have to remind myself that not everybody has any kind of mental health training or background or whatever. So like with all illness, and I'm going to include a lot of mental illness in that, there are biological causes and environmental causes uh and usually they're working together just like you know if your family has a history of lung cancer and you smoke you're really increasing your chances of lung cancer right because it's mm-hmm. both of those mm-hmm. well mental health works the same way like i naturally get very very depressed uh that's a chemical feature of my brain um, now, I have chosen a lifestyle wherein I am confronted with suffering from you know, other people's suffering pretty constantly, and that's an environmental stress that really exacerbates that. And sometimes so, so much that, like I will say last week, in full disclosure, I was 
like for a couple of weeks I was dangerously depressed. Like I was thinking constantly of how to make this stop. Uh, and that's dangerous for me because that the logical conclusion of that is obviously to harm myself. Um, mm-hmm. Well, what I do doesn't always work, but I am in regular cognitive behavioral therapy that's love a good every, CBT. Yeah. yeah, love a good CBT. That's uh, again for the uh, for the novice. That's talk therapy. That's like counseling. Like typical, you go and sit in front of somebody and talk to them for an hour, and they ask you questions that you should that you already have the answer to. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so that's how that works. Uh, they are not there to give you advice. Anyway, so I'm in cognitive behavioral therapy, talk therapy, but I'm also on medicines to treat the biological side of that of those those illnesses and i take a number of them you know i take uh i take antidepressant i take anti-anxiety i take antipsychotics like i take quite a few uh meds that then contribute to me needing some other meds you know so these are all things that i use to treat them but when you're in the middle of crisis what what does anybody do I mean, I think the saving grace for me is legitimately like Joe Beth, first of all, um, a couple of key friends that I'll talk to. Like having that support network, though, is crucial to my safety. I assume for a lot of other people. Yeah, I have like a handful of people where I'm like, I know we're not supposed to use the word crazy, but I'm like, I can use it because it's referring to myself. Um, I'm feeling like extra crazy and I need to like pulse check with other people. And it's a very small handful of people. Cause it's, it, you know, if it's some of my family, they're going to like worry. And I want to be like, you don't need to worry, but help me here. Like, <laughs> like I'm okay. I'm safe, but. I do have to use the disclaimer that, like, I'm okay, I'm safe kind of thing. Because Absolutely. I, like you, yeah, you um, prescribe things. Um, I don't take anything, like, I was previously addicted to, um, what's the thing that? Um, Benzos. Like yep, Xanax. That's the yeah. one. I love Xanax because it would help me fall asleep after all the Adderall and cocaine I was doing. Um, Absolutely right. It makes your brain drunk. But it's yeah, super we easy. Should, you just take a little pill. You know, we should add, add a trigger warning at the You know, yeah, I don't know. I will in the description for sure. Uh, and when okay. I promote it, i make a note of that. Yeah, I kind of wish I had thought about that before, but we just sort of... I didn't until just now. Well, we don't really know what we're going to talk about until we're talking about it usually. So, uh, But go ahead, yeah. Yeah, um, so I think that I... Can I get super vulnerable with you? It's up to you, of course. I mean, with me always. But <laughs> remember that there are tens of other people that might hear this. Yeah, that's tens. fine with me. Tens. <laughs> like, there was a time whenever I was heavy into my drug use. Like, and I had a list on my bedside table about where I would mark down what I took so I'd find out what would not kill me. Mm. Like, I would tally it out. Um, and, you know, 
things are okay. Now I give away tampons for, I, I, I say a living, but like we don't get paid. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, it was super gnarly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you and I both, uh, and we don't need to, to name them because it's not, it's not about that, but we, you and I have both lost people who we loved and, mm-hmm. and what, and what I will say, I don't, people who have never been users don't really, maybe this doesn't track, but the, all the rest of us, like, but like we've both lost drug buddies, like people that we oh my God. use yes. with hard and, uh, and you know what? I, a lot of us saw that and just kept going. Uh, I will say you seem to have gotten that lesson, a really fucking difficult, painful lesson, and seem to have taken that to heart. Yeah, for those listening, I lost one of my dear friends um, from a drug, drug overdose during my birthday party, and um, I haven't used them, but yes. I had that I had seen and have seen folks who have been lost with their addiction um, outside of that. Mm. There, but for the grace, right? Mm. Man, that's hard. I mean, sorry, I don't like this is already sad, so I don't want to just bog down and. But I'm right now, of course, like you, like probably most listeners, like I'm just seeing a slideshow in my head of people who who I've lost over the years uh, to stuff. And it's, and yet I am, I'm pro And you know what? With with your drug of choice um, being, I'm referring to heroin specifically mm -hmm. um, here, you've probably lost far more than I have with people doing eight balls and that kind of thing. Uh, maybe, but I'm going to say that was a lot longer time that I spent in that life than you did. I'm a yeah. lot older, so it's been a lot, of, a lot of time since I quit that other people have been still using. I mean, like, there's a lot of things like that. Just, but, yeah, you know, I mean, I suppose people don't OD on benzos or booze nearly as often as they do percentage-wise, I'm going to say, off of, you know, heroin and other sort of what what people would call hard drugs or whatever. Right, yeah, uh, the air quotes hard drugs, yeah. Yeah, that's something that I think uh, <laughs> working in, having worked in, uh, in a rehabilitation community as well as, you know, having gone through whether having quit using <laughs> the various things throughout the years, uh, there is a there is a really ugly and stupid hierarchy at work in the recovery community, and it is obnoxious as shit. Like, well, I was a drunk, but I wasn't a druggie like this guy. And like, well, I used cocaine; it wasn't meth, you know. Well, like I thought you were going to talk about the capitalism that is built upon people oh. in recovery. Oh, forget about it. Right, that's a whole. I, that's a matter of fact. That's there's, whole probably podcast. There is, there's probably a whole podcast that is just about the scams of quote unquote recovery, because there are, they are myriad. Um, 
I and I feel like when I worked in that community, Oklahoma, but. Yeah, I, anyway, uh, so I think back on really on the topic isn't just about drugs and drug use, but it's about how we take care of our mental health in general and how and how we respond to it. Because it's I don't want to make it sound like say take care of our mental health kind of sounds like you you have a lot of agency in that, and sometimes you just don't have that much agency. Um, you know, I've had several friends. It is a it so say schizophrenia uh, and other like major psychoses have a tendency to symptomatize around the college age. You know, early to mid twenties is when not always, that's not age. exclusively, but yeah, that's that's when that stuff usually starts to really uh, really start to present. Um, and it's crucial to get those interventions at the very beginning. But man, we just we're we're not very good at that yet. And part of that is that we've spent so much of history finding mental illness to be a character defect or otherwise just entirely debilitating and not not really addressable, right? Um, yeah. We 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 have the historically, stigma. yeah, and we've historically had just institutions where we would just just store them away, uh, keep them alive as long as they stayed alive, but just out of the way, and we don't have to worry about you know. Uh, so we're still coming out of that, and we're just we're really just learning as a society to kind of start to be real about uh, about the realities of of. Uh, of our psychology, uh, but I think I feel part like it's of that definitely is, becoming it's definitely becoming more normalized. Um, yeah, and that's a good thing. Yeah, but it's um, normalized, and where we're acknowledging it, what seems like to a lot of people a flaw. And I don't, I don't want that. There is to a little exist. bit of that. Yeah, there, there, there is still that aspect to it, um, and you, you're still going to hear people say that like someone who completes suicide uh, was a quitter or, you know, they gave up or whatever. It's like, I don't think that's fair. I don't think that's fair at all. And furthermore, just remember that when you say shit like that, when you say judgmental shit about other people's mental health, uh, the people around you are going to hear that. And if they're experiencing that, they know you're not who to come to. I, if like when right. you make a judgmental, when you make a judgment like that, just remember that you might be closing the door to somebody you love who might need yeah. your help one day, and we all kind of need You're to not think about person. that. Right? Yeah. And none of us wants to be an unsafe person. It's just, it's just a matter of perspective. We just haven't, you know, like we talked before about, like some people just haven't had the chance to learn that stuff yet. I think that's really important also to kind of touch on is that a lot of folks don't have the knowledge that we have after being prior, you know, we're in the sober community or uh, I don't refer myself as in being in the sober community because I'm not, I don't have coins and that kind of thing. Um, but they're chips, right? Is that the word? They're chips usually. Yeah. They look chips. like coins to me. <laughs> yeah. They look like coins. Um, but I, I think that we have a better perspective of this than others do. 
um, and that, you know, a lot of it is just the, like, terminology people use can be the most destructive, I think. Whenever I know I said earlier, I think, I think I did, like I referred to, I referred to myself as feeling crazy. Like you can't say that about other people because that there's so much behind that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, that's, it's part of getting older for me. It's just that I'm having to learn to not use certain language that I grew up using. I think we all need, <laughs> we all do that. Like, it's nothing new yeah. to my generation either, but like, oh, like I have a tattoo that says any dumb tattoo. I would not get that now. I try not to <laughs> use the word dumb. I try not to use the word dumb at all anymore. Now, dumb does not mean to me in any way, does not, uh, dumb does not refer to people who are unable to speak. However, that is where that word comes from. And so if people are bothered by it, I don't use it, you know, um, so uh, like it's kind of that same thing that with really lame. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's the same kind of thing. I don't know if anybody, I just don't know. But it is, uh, fundamentally, it's ableist language, regardless of how mm-hmm. we may feel about it. And I guess I it. carry the card of being like, I'm a disabled but blind person, therefore. Right. So, <laughs> so I can make fun of, uh, of your whatever uh Oh, my God. You know, yeah. I think that's a good idea. It's like Brian Cranston's character in Seinfeld. <laughs> he converted to Judaism. You know, you can always get me Seinfeld reference. I don't even like Seinfeld. That's just the one. That's one of the few things from Seinfeld that I can really remember and really sink my teeth into is Brian Cranston converting to Judaism and making all kinds of Jewish jokes while Jerry's in the chair and like, because he can, yeah. Yeah, and then he, I just, it gets really stupid because like I, Seinfeld makes some joke about dentists and he gets bent out of shape and calls him an anti-dentite. So it gets really like Seinfeld stupid past that, but just the perfection of this guy converting and then making tons of Jew jokes. It's like that is 100% accurate. <laughs> I would say that 90% of the jokes I make in reference to something are Seinfeld based or Curb Your Enthusiasm based, except for <laughs> I learned, I've learned that Larry David is homies with, um, what's the same, the guy that we all Kennedy? hate, Woody Allen. Oh, uh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, they're probably about the same that age. That kind of checks. <sighs> yeah, yeah, I, yeah, well. But um, home, home Seinfeld is very, very dear to my heart. Um, that was some people watched like cartoons. I watched Seinfeld because my dad was had the TV on. Um, this is the point where, on any normal like interview with people, someone would say that explains a lot, but it actually doesn't really <laughs> tell me anything about you on a personal I level. Really, it's it's just... like you know my. Like cartoons were Seinfeld and um, my concerts were Jimmy Buffett. So like what else I, do you really know about someone? I think it's really uh, important to tell everybody. Lindley's first concert was Jimmy Buffett. Yeah. On her dad's On hip. hip. <laughs> as a little bit as a little bitty. Like falling asleep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she fell asleep to the dulcet tones of. <laughs> 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 
with my imitation of Jimmy Buffett. I did it, get this, Tuesday night at, at OKC Span Live, I did two things that got almost no response, and I thought they were great. <laughs> one was, and this was Joe Best's suggestion, but one, I got up to start the show, like usual, do a little monologue, a little song and dance number. But uh, as I started talking, I pulled a yo-yo out of my pocket and started playing with the yo-yo. No real response. I was so disappointed. I thought, this is the weirdest and funniest thing I've done up here. Nothing. No response <laughs> to me, like, yo-yoing in the middle of this, like, as though nothing was happening. So I put it away. And uh, also, though, <laughs> I, I did my Jimmy Buffett imitation, blank stares. Blank stairs. So I guess I'm Your done with that imitation. Impression is not very good. It's very, <laughs> it's very good. It's excellent. That's why it's not very good. It's perfect. <laughs> it's just you gotta act like you just drink a glass of milk right before you start oh. singing. That's actually pretty good. The last part, like the last couple of things you did were pretty well, good. Thanks. Thanks. It's just because you, <laughs> think, be you thought I didn't know any other lyrics by Jimmy Buffet apart from that. <laughs> I know. It's, it's, that was honestly, Marty, I think I told you um, that was the first, like, aside from a friend, first death, but like I've public death that I like really cried about. Right. Yeah, I know. And that's why I try not to make fun of Jimmy Buffett. It's hard because I've spent my whole life making fun of Jimmy Buffett. I need you to understand. I don't need you to. I hope that you, I hope that you can understand where I'm coming from. I'm trying to be more respectful. I'm trying to, you know, I'm a work in progress and I, I'm listening, I'm listening and I'm learning. I'm going to apologize to you via iPhone note after this. <laughs> okay. So uh, glad uh, we really didn't even get that deep into mental health. We mainly just talked about drugs, which is good. It's something we should talk about more. I have a lot we of We talked about addiction about. a lot. Right. We talked about specifically that. I do want to, in the future, talk a little bit about depression and anxiety and how those mm-hmm. can kind of be crippling because I know that we've both been experiencing that really recently. <laughs> Yeah, I'll let everyone, I'm happy to share, I'll let everyone know I was supposed to go on Tuesday night to your live show, and I just texted Marty and then ended up calling you and said, I had a panic attack. I literally can't leave my house. And you were cool with that because of course. you're a great person. Well, I mean, I think I was I don't know if I'd say I'm a great person, but I was cool with that because I, I get it and I care about you. Um, but like, no, I like, I, I don't know. It's we're gonna we we have to learn how to live with it, and we have to learn how to how to adjust to it, and how to how to manage it, right? And that's a yeah. work in progress. That's a work in progress. Well, listen, this weekend. This total change of subject, but just want to throw in before Mm, the podcast is over. This Saturday are two very cool things to get out for. And I'm, uh, even though it goes against all of my instincts to leave the apartment, I'm going to try to go to both things. And they are in different directions from where I live, both 
first is Fiestas de las Americas down on 25th. Uh, Southwest 25th is a parade and food and vendors. And like, this is honestly the most fun outdoor thing uh, Mm -hmm. that I ever, that I do in the city all year. I love the parade. I love the dancing and the music and the food and all the kids having a good time and the charros on their horses. And like, it's a great, Time. And Danny Trejo was there last time I went. Um, but uh, so that's Saturday morning, and I really think people should go to it. But also, Saturday is Plaza Festival. Are you going to the Plaza Festival, Lindley? You know what? I am about to plug something. You're what? Um, about to plug something. Oh, okay, plug away. Saturday is Periodo KC's Packing Party Day. Oh, so yeah. if you want to do something, like have a good, like, you know, get a power hour before you go do either of these two things, come join that's me. Good, that's a good point. What time is that? It's from 1 to 3, downtown. Okay. So you'll already so you be could, downtown. You can go to the parade, come up, pack period products, go over to the plaza festival. And have yeah. dinner, drinks, and get some music and some art, and see a bunch of people. Some of I'll be going like. to the Plaza Festival afterward. That's kind of what I, I was down the street. Like, I was going to hit you up and see if you just wanted to meet somewhere and uh, go hang out with Joe Beth and me at the festival. So I would uh, we can probably handle that. We can handle that off mic, I'm sure. But <laughs> since we're on mic, I'll say to everybody else in town, hey, suckers, don't you feel jealous? Don't you wish you could hang out with Lindley and Joe Beth and Marty at Plaza Festival? Well, you might be able to if you can find us, <laughs> suckers. <laughs> so um, anyway, that's my we plan really, for Saturday. We are really fun folks. Oh, we're, we're a hoot to hang out with. We are we are really good company. Yeah, we just. Don't I'm do not well. very good company, like, honestly. And don't judge people who do. That's true. That's a good point. So that's this weekend, and hopefully people will come out. And I just honestly, I think almost all of us need just a like. Can I get five seconds that are fun? Can you get five minutes to chill the fuck out and not have everything be terrible? Cool, thanks. That's what I'll do. That's how I feel about Saturday. <laughs> That's going to be uh, the first day since April that I'll just be like, yeah, let's do something fun. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. Last time I so tried to do something So come hang out with fun. us. That's right. Everyone. Come hang out with us. Ow, buddy. Uh, I've got a dog's butt put right in my face. I've just ruined the podcast. We've got to start over. <laughs> JK. JK, Lindley, thanks for talking to me on the phone and for recording it for me. Um, I think I'll put it on the internet for other people to listen to, but also for more people than listen to it, put it on the internet for people to ignore. (laughs) Well, you know you have to hang up first because I can't see the button. Okay, well, no, I'll hang up first. Um, But I just wanted to say thank you again and – Thank you to everybody listening. Uh, Keep in touch. 
You can call Lindley at four zero four. love you. Bye. <laughs> okay. You can uh, slide into Lindley. my DMs. That's right. Bye, Lindley. Bye, America. Bye, Marty.